All right. Thank you very, very much. And good morning, everybody. I hope you got some rain. I've been watching the rain patterns and it's been, it's kind of splattered around the state of Texas this week and not everybody got rain. In fact, a lot of places didn't, but some of the places that did are places that needed it. I hope that includes you and I hope you're having a good week, a good weekend. And I welcome you to the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Dylan Reed and I are holding this baby together today. He will be answering the phones and screening the calls, letting you know that you're you're tuned into a garden program, urban gardening, urban horticulture, not pastures, not uh, waterways and lakes and ponds and things like that. I, I deal with uh, landscapes and lawns and gardens and houseplants and things around the house and have been doing so since 1978. That's why Kelly Robinson a moment ago uh, say uh, uh, said uh, America's whatever it was, most tenured or whatever. Um, so, anyway, that's what you're getting, the old guy. And I love doing this. You know, when I was growing up in College Station and running a nursery in high school and landscaping, planting trees that are still there in many cases, it's kind of fun to be able to show them on Google Earth or occasionally be able, we have a grandson who's in school at A&M right now, and to be able to say, hey, drive by on George Bush Boulevard and take a look at my live oaks, that's kind of fun. Uh, so anyway, I've been doing this a long time, but I never dreamed I'd be doing radio and uh, getting to talk to you. We have about 33 affiliates who carry the program from the Big Bend country to Crockett, from Victoria and Corpus Christi all the way north to Amarillo. You just can't go much farther either direction. And uh, so uh, if uh, if you're anywhere in the state and can hear me, I guess if you can't hear me, you wouldn't be hearing the message, give us a call. It's toll-free, 888 888- Two five six ten eighty. I'll be here until a little before noon, so don't wait too long to call. It's eight 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 two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now. Call before it's too late. We have all the lines open, and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, Dylan will be screening the call, and we'll get the program up and running in just a moment. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty. The Texas lawn and garden hour. This is a, a time as we go into June that we make that transition into the summertime. I think uh, most of you are aware of that. You've experienced it already. Oh, it gets hot in a hurry, doesn't it? Um, it's been pleasant in parts of Texas this past week. It's about to turn pretty sultry across almost all of the state in the upcoming week. And so as a result, we need to tend to some things. If you have a sprinkler system, you need to make sure it's working properly. Put it through an irrigation audit. Make sure all the heads are functioning properly. The the clocks are on the right settings. If you have a smart controller, great. If you don't, you ought to consider getting one. It is a, uh, a monitor. It costs several hundreds of dollars to have one bought and installed for you. They will save uh, by uh, conserving a lot of water, and our state needs to do exactly that. We we overwater when we have sprinkler systems, and this is a way to cut way back on that uh, tendency. Uh, if you are considering putting a new lawn in, I would do it as soon as you can, because as you get into midsummer, yes, you can still plant turf grass, but it's a lot harder to get it established, especially if you're seeding Bermuda grass. It, it's just so hard when it's really hot. Uh, In South Texas, I know you're really hot. I get it. I understand. But for much of the state, it's it's not quite there yet. 
And if you could get that grass seeded and, and up and growing and get the roots down into the soil before it turns 103 every day, that's so much better. Um, if you are planting annual color, talk to a, a local independent retail garden center about plants that can stand up to summertime. You don't want to be planting petunias and geraniums now. It's too late for that. They can't handle the Texas summer. You need to get the things in that, uh, uh, that can handle all the heat that we have ahead. Uh, you need to buy plants at the garden center that are in the kind of lighting that you're going to provide for them when you get them home. Uh, you don't want to take a plant that's been in the shade and put it in full sun. That would be, uh, that'd be the kiss of death to it from this point on. Uh, you need to buy plants that are acclimated to the conditions that you will have for them. This is a good time to plant summer tropicals, caladiums, and uh, firebush, copper plants. Uh, you, you also think about uh, things like purple fountain grass and tropical hibiscus, mandevias, and uh, I use a lot of crotons in my landscape. I don't put them in full sun. I put them in morning sun, afternoon shade, and just a lot of other tropical plants, uh, things that are much less common, uh, can be planted now. I use a lot of these things in containers, not so much because I intend to bring them in during the wintertime. Some I do, but uh, uh, just because they, they are portable, I can move them into the sun or out of the sun, depending on how they're faring. And uh, so a plumbago, Cape plumbago, blue, light blue, that's a, a rare color in the summertime, and that's another good example. And in the southern half of the state, you can certainly plant that in the ground as a perennial. Uh, in the northern half, it's better used as a, as a tropical annual. So lots of different things that you can use. So that's enough to get started, and uh, it is summertime. Oh, if you're, going to, if you're going to try to grow fall tomatoes, either sow them from seed right now so they'll be ready as transplants come the end of this month, June. About the 1st of July is the time to plant your fall tomato transplants into the garden, and nurseries tend rarely to have them now. There was a time for about a 10-year period when nurseries were pretty good about growing them and having them but it's harder to find them now. Fall tomatoes are outstanding in Texas. They're better than the spring tomato crop, but you have to have the transplants ready on the 1st of July. I, I don't want to go into all the detail of why that's important. You don't plant fall tomatoes in August or September unless you're in, uh, in, the, in the Rio Grande Valley. You plant them about the 1st of July. Uh, if I'm about to do an ad for my book. If you have my book, you'll see the math of why that is important, that, that early planting. Uh, if you want to grow tomatoes from cuttings, they can be rooted from cuttings, just like you would root coleus cuttings or begonia or impatience cuttings, and uh, they root very easily. So consider that from your spring crops. By the way, a lot of, uh, a lot of spider mite questions on tomatoes. People think they're burning up, too much sun, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, and it's spider mites. If your tomatoes are turning tan from the ground up, and uh, that's, that's very likely spider mites. As it gets hot and dry, spider mites will take their toll on tomatoes and beans and a lot of other plants. If you have that happening, it's a very characteristic look of plants that are hit by spider mites. Take one of the leaves and thump it over a sheet of white paper. And if you see little specks that are almost microscopic starting to move around on the paper about 10 seconds after you do the thumping, those are the mites. You could put 20 of them shoulder to shoulder on the head of a pen. 
that's small. I'm not exaggerating that. And uh, they're capable of doing the most damage of any insect or mite uh, pest that we have in Texas. Isn't that something? And they just annihilate tomatoes and beans and junipers, of all things, a lot of other plants. So if you find those, then you need to use an insecticide that is also labeled uh, for control of mites or two-spotted mites or red spider mites or however it's labeled. And be sure to spray both top and bottom leaf surfaces. Uh, make sure that the, in, the the product you use is labeled for use in vegetable gardens if you're spraying your tomatoes. All right, that gets you a start. Let me tell you about my book. And, in fact, I tell you about how to time for the uh, fall tomato plantings and why that July 1st or uh, whatever the time is for your part of Texas, uh, why that's so critical. You have to figure back from the first freeze date. This is uh, this is my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Uh, I self-published this book so I could have the editor of my choice, Carolyn Skye, and the graphic designer of my choice, Cindy Smith. No two ladies have any more respect from Neil than those two ladies. The three of us put this book out, and uh, it is absolutely the best work I've done in my career. I can I can tell you that from my own personal opinion. Uh, it has 840 of my photographs, 344 pages. It was printed in Texas on high-quality paper. It's a hardback, printed in San Antonio, bound in San Antonio, and I'm happy to hand it to you and say this covers everything in gardening. I am very proud to say this is my best work. I sign every copy as it sells. I couldn't do that if it were in stores or on Amazon. That's one of the reasons I chose to sell it directly to you. The other and much more important reason uh, in most cases is that I can keep the price about $20 lower by doing that. I'm not making any more. In fact, I'm making a lot less money by selling directly to you than if I went through a publisher because I don't sell nearly as many books. I've sold 75,000. I guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny. I've not had one request for a refund in all of those 75,000 copies. But here is the thing. It comes directly from, from where I'm signing on my table directly to your mailbox. And uh, satisfaction guaranteed, thirty-two ninety-five. I have it on sale to clear out the last of the fifth printings, and uh, that is a bargain. It will not be at that price again. Thirty-two ninety-five. Uh, here are the two ways you can order it, since it's not in stores and not on Amazon. Covers every aspect of outdoor gardening, landscapes, lawns, flower, fruit, and vegetable gardening. The whole works for thirty-two ninety-five. A year of my life writing this book for $32.95. And uh, the two ways you can get it are call my office Monday through Friday, business hours, at 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order from my website at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. 
At Mueller, they believe in value. Their Value Plus buildings are pre-engineered, and they feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant, and they come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But True Value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. True Value shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. The people at Mueller understand that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision. And Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money. You get more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. You can call Mueller at 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That translates to 877-268-3553. Or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Again, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Mueller. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Hey, uh, an SOS to you. Go ahead and fill up the phone lines right now. But if you call, let it ring. Dylan is getting to all the calls as fast as he can. He's had a caller call, and before he could get to the call, they, they hung up just as he was answering. So here is, I, we're going to go to George and Corpus Christi first. Here is the number. It is 888-256-1080. So call now. When you get the ring, let it ring, and he'll get to you. He's not ignoring you. This is not a deal where you're going to have a, a, a ring for hours. He's just got to take down the basic information from each caller in sequence. There are only three lines ahead of you, and so worst case, he'll have uh, two other people to, to screen. So it's 888-256-1080. Let's go to George in Corpus Christi. George, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. What can I do to help you? Well, the first thing, it's hot down here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, real hot. Uh, I have zinnias, and it's only morning sun, which is about six hours, and the sun goes over the house, so they're doing real well. Uh, Can I use them as bouquet flowers for inside the house, and will it continue to keep growing if I cut, cut a few flowers off once in a while? Yes, sir. They will? Do you go, like, to the second lobe? It doesn't matter. Leaves. You get enough stem that you can use them in your in your vases, and uh, okay. they'll come back. How? What okay. kind of zinnias do you have? Do you remember the variety? Uh, or? I have I, I, three. Yeah, the variety. Uh, some look like kind of not big sunflowers, but medium sunflowers, like that type, and then some look puffy. So right, how I, tall I, I are I the think, plants? Uh, well, I got two different ones, I guess, because uh, three different seed packs. Uh, one is. Is about thirty inches. All right, those uh, you those you can cut well. with a longer stem because they obviously are going to come back with vigorous regrowth. So you can cut those with really, a, yeah, with stems that are are six or eight inches long if you need. I mean, don't okay, cut them good. with eighteen inch stems, but <laughs> no. And then uh, I'm using uh, from Home Depot. I'm using uh, 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 the chicken man- the dried chicken manure, and it really seems to do good with those. Is it, is that a good fertilizer? It's a. It would be okay. Um, I would probably in in my own garden. Um, I have. I'll, I'll tell you. I have a bias, George, and I'll tell you why. Um, 
I tend to use inorganic fertilizers primarily. I use organic okay. fertilizers like cow manure, rotted cow manure, more as a soil amendment. You're, you're about to okay. get about a 30-second lesson in soil science. Bear with okay. me. Promise you won't go okay. to sleep on me. <laughs> I promise but, I won't. Okay, attaboy. Um, soil amendments are things that we put in soil to improve the soil. It has nothing to do with the fertility per se. It's to improve the ability of the soil to hold water or to break up a clay soil or to help a sandy soil hold water, whatever. That's that's what a soil amendment is, and that could be okay. uh, it could be compost, it could be a sphagnum peat moss, it could be uh, finely ground bark, uh, or it could be rotted manure, and there are other things, oh. but those are the four common ones. Um, okay. Fertilizers can be organic or inorganic, and here is the here is the critical thing in my way of thinking, and and from my background with degrees in in horticulture. Plants do not know, they don't differentiate how a fertilizer originated. It has to go into basic elements in a water solution when it comes into the roots. They don't know if it came out of a fertilizer bag or out of a cow or chicken or or sheep. And so it doesn't matter to the plant. And organic fertilizers like the chicken manure are very, very low in their nutrient content. Right, right. and so as a result, on the good side, those are not going to burn plants usually. On the bad right. side, they don't provide a lot of nutrition. And so okay. I, when I fertilize my plants, I'm fertilizing to put fertility in the soil, not to improve the soil. Okay. And okay. so I want, to, I want to get a little better results, a little faster, a little uh, more, okay. um, something I can read and see and a little more predictable. And that's why I use okay. inorganic fertilizers on a regular okay, spacing. Okay, so I, do I get that at home de- now that the soil, it's already packed? So what, what would you use right now to help uh, a little bit more nitrogen I would or use, whatever I need? Yeah, since it's zinnias that are going to be there for a while, I would use a granular fertilizer. And what granular. A&M soil okay. tests, yeah, and that's what Texas A&M is, is showing us is that almost all soils in the state of Texas do very well with the same kind of fertilizer whether it's for turf grass or whether it's for tomatoes or zinnias. And that's going to really? be a high nitrogen fertilizer. It's the craziest thing in the world. Now, really? y- yeah, you need to have your soil tested once in a while, but what you will find is that most soils in Texas have too much of the middle number, the phosphorus, and it accumulates. Right. If we add a fertilizer that has more phosphorus because we're trying to grow tomatoes or zinnias with flowers or fruit, fruit or flowers, then we we end up with too much of the middle number and and it it's oh. uh, it, it's detrimental okay. to our plants and so they they recommend through the soil testing lab that we add high nitrogen or even in some cases all nitrogen fertilizers and so the really? same thing okay. you put on your lawn will probably do your zinnias very very well. Well, you know, I was going to ask you that because I kind of did some of that uh, about two weeks ago and it seems like they popped up because I had a lot of extra. Uh, just a regular Scotch, just a regular fertilizer for the lawn. Yeah, it's high there you nitrogen. Go. There you go. Okay. I have one other and suggestion I, for you. One other suggestion. Okay. Consider as you're out shopping, just consider shopping once in a while at an independent retail garden center. I have nobody in particular I'm trying to recommend for you, but the, the mom and pop nurseries, because those are the people who are full time plant people. You might be surprised that they're not any more expensive in many cases 
and you're getting advice from somebody who is full-time plant and knows Nueces County cool. and knows knows the plants and the climate and everything else as opposed to a national chain. I That's, really appreciate that. And one, I know you have a lot of calls, but I'll tell you what, the people that are not listening to your show are missing out on a lot of stuff. Well, you're very and kind. Your, and you and your book and your newsletter. You. I get your newsletter all the time. But Thank you. anyways, uh, you have a great show, and uh, we'll talk again sometime. You're wonderful. I hope we will. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. you, Neil. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. All right. Okay, I need to get some information from uh, uh, Dylan, and so I'm going to go ahead and get uh, the next break going, and, and he will uh, give me the next uh, the next caller or two. If you'd like to call, we'd love to hear from you. It's 888. Nothing like setting Dylan up so he's on the phone instead of telling me, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Uh, Neil Spray's eGardens is the newsletter that he was referring to, and, and I'd love to have you as a subscriber. Yes, you have to subscribe, but I have to have some place to send it, and that's where we need your email address. Now, you need to hear several things. It's free and always will be. There's no come on after 30 days you have to pay. Nope, not on eGardens. It's always going to be free. It's been free for 18 years, not changing now. Secondly, I never give or sell your email address to anybody. Never have, never will. And I do not spam you. So you're not going to get any kind of a note saying, hey, since you're a subscriber to eGardens, it's not going to happen. So now let me tell you what eGardens is. And that is, it's a newsletter with five stories each issue that cover gardening for your part of Texas, for your part of the world. It's like an old-fashioned garden section. I write almost all of the stories in eGardens, and I am very, very careful to make sure that they play properly for your area. In a, in a story that is time-sensitive for various parts of the state, I will say, in South Texas, do such and such. In North Texas, do something else different. And uh, and in many cases, it's the same story for the whole state, but it's for Texas. It's not for uh, North Dakota or New Jersey or for California. That's the difference with eGardens. We always have a featured plant of the week. I always have, um, always have gardening this weekend, the things that are time-sensitive. And just started about three weeks ago, the Q&A section invites you to submit your questions. Now, with 80,000 subscribers, I can't take questions from 80,000 people, but I select the ones that are of the greatest general interest and uh, and put those in. I usually have about uh, 12 to 20 questions per week. I think you'll find eGardens to be a lot of fun to read. Sign up for it. Give it a try. If you want to see what it looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up, and you can look at it first at neilsperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book, N E I L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on eGardens. I'll be back after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Let me give you that number one more time. Kelly just did. Let me echo 888-256-1080. Have another tip before we go to Patrick uh, uh, near Corpus. Um and uh, that is uh, that if you have new shrubs and trees, but especially shrubs, I, I see the problem more on shrubs than I do on trees, um, that were planted, I, I'm going to cover both of them, in fact, that were planted this year, and, and for some 
in, in many cases last year as well. They need to be watered by hand. H-A-N-D. Not with drip irrigation. No, not with drippers. Not with a sprinkler system. Those are inadequate for the first year. I see thousands of plants. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Every year that are, that dry up and die because people had drip emitters around them the first year that they were planted. There, there is very little likelihood that you will leave a drip emitter running long enough to water a plant properly in your landscape especially if that drip irrigation system is hooked into other established shrubs in your landscape. Let me explain. A brand new plant that you bring home from the nursery is growing in a pot that is filled with an extremely lightweight potting soil, and its roots don't go out into the adjacent soil. They're right there in that original soil ball, and you need to water that by hand. You need to, If it's a 10-gallon plant, you need to put 10 gallons of water on it every other day from now until 1st of October. And a drip irrigation system is going to take hours to do that, hours and hours to put that much water on it. And you're not going to leave it running that long. You're just not going to do it. And that plant will will stall or die. I see hollies and other shrubs that are beautiful plants when they're bought allowed to die because we don't water them enough. And that can happen to big shade trees, too. And the other thing people do with shade trees is they take the soil from the hole and pile it up like a mulch volcano around the around the trunk of the tree, make a basin, a donut with it, and fill that basin with that water. 20-gallon tree, 20 gallons of water. Every second or maybe third day, you get an inch of rain, that's nice. Water it again. You're not going to overwater a plant in the summertime if you water every second or third day at 98 degrees. It isn't going to happen. That is your Saturday morning sermon topic. I feel better. Let me go, let me go to Patrick in, uh, is it Sandia? Is that right, Patrick? Sandia. Sandia. It means Thank watermelon. You. Gotcha. I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Thank you. How can I help you? Uh, Neil, I'm a big believer in mulch, especially as dry as it is down here. Yes, and uh, I mulched very much with hay. Unfortunately, I think, and you'll, very, you, you'll let me know, I've used this hay that they used a herbicide on to keep all the weeds off. And I'm afraid I ruined my garden because I hadn't been able to grow anything in three or four years. All right. And what what do you do between crops? What happens to the hay when when one crop is finished? Uh, you know, assuming that it it did something, it grew a little bit and then it died and whatever. What do you do then to get the soil ready for the next crop? Well, I haven't done anything, Neil. How do you plant the next crop? How do you work the soil? Well, I'll till it up when I get ready to to plant. And what happens to the old hay? And the old hay is there or it goes back into the ground. All right. I, I would be amazed, uh, if, if not completely befuddled, if there were any residue left that would persist at all, much less for more than months, weeks. Uh-huh. I just don't think that's it. Now, the other thing that could happen... Um, would be that you maybe have too much fresh organic matter. 
I'm going to ask you some more questions. Don't don't. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is a this is an answer in pro- progress here in process. Um, yes. What I'm what I'm getting at is roughly equivalent to putting manure in that isn't fully rotted, uh, or putting fresh sawdust into a garden. I don't know if you've ever done either one of those. I've done both, and you tie up nitrogen. Your garden just stalls because. The, the uh, nitrogen is robbed from the plants by the bacteria that's breaking up all that stuff that we just put in. I put a bunch of fresh horse manure in when I was a, a young gardener. I had access to, uh, in, in northern Ohio, after my wife and I were first married, we were teaching. I grew up in Texas, went up there. I never had soil so good. And uh, so I got, I went nuts and, and we were renting a, a mobile home site and, and the landowner had a, horse stable. I said, take all the manure you want. Well, I thought I had processed, you know, rotted manure. Well, it wasn't as rotted as I thought it was. And, and boy, it just tied up the nitrogen. My garden was yellow and, and that was the problem. Uh, and then I also do a lot of woodworking and there have been times I've gotten too, well, I've put sawdust out as a, on top of the ground and it got worked in and it tied up nitrogen. I, I have learned, <laughs> I've learned from my mistakes a long time ago, and I've never made those mistakes twice. So hay would do that too. Fresh hay could do that too. As it as it started to break down, it would tie up nitrogen. So that's one possibility. I just don't see a, a weed killer lasting long. Now here's one of my questions back to you: Did this absolutely and totally start when you started using hay? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I've used it uh, over the years. I've used it. One thing I did is I uh, got the wood chips. You know how they do it on the side of the road? Yes, sir. And I put a lot of that in there also. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's the fresh organic matter. I think you need to have a compost pile where you put this stuff for a year or two until you can't recognize what it is, until you can't tell that that's wood chips or hay. It rots enough that you don't know what it is anymore, and and then it's ready to put into your garden. That's that you did exactly what I was describing with my sawdust. Sawdust. It, it sounded chips. like you were looking over my shoulder, Neil. I was. We all have made the same mistake, you know. We don't learn from each other. We we learn on our own. But I'll, I'll bet that's what it is. And and what happens is the plants are lethargic. They're about one third the normal size. They don't have good color, and they are absolutely not productive. Does that sound like what Perfect. happened to you? Yep. Perfect description. That's yes. what it is. And the other thing that happens then is it's not uncommon for uh, if, if it's a oh, perennial crop, not so much vegetables, but if you have a, like a lawn or something, and all of a sudden all of that organic matter is broken down and the, the uh, uh, bacteria die and they release all that nitrogen and suddenly the 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 plants that have been robbed of nitrogen get a big influx of nitrogen and green up and start growing you'll see that uh, i don't know if you've ever seen fairy rings in a lawn where where mushrooms make a circle in a lawn and you'll see that bright green grass where all of a sudden they have a lot of nitrogen and that's all the same deal so I think you need to find a different organic matter source or age your organic matter more before you put it in your garden. So what do I do now? Do I just wait? Yeah, you, uh, the, the things that you can do are rototill it and aerate it well. 
Uh, put some nitrogen in to feed the bacteria. Don't plant anything in that particular area for a little while, uh, maybe a year. Let it let it aerate, let it break down. Uh, you just turn it into a compost pile. Um, if it were a, if it were a small area, uh, I'd have to do some online research, but I have heard of people using sugar uh, in a small garden, not a big garden, um, uh, to to try to move things forward. I don't know how accurate that is. I, I don't think that's just an old wives' tale, but uh, your time is your best uh, ally in this one. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help. I'm glad you called. It's not the weed killer. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, folks. Need Bye-bye. to tell you need to tell you again about my book. And I'm going to describe the chapters to you a little bit in this case. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It's eleven chapters. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. Everything you need to know to get you started or to make it a little bit better for you. Uh, things about the soils, about the climate, the rain uh, areas, etc. Chapter two is the chapter everybody talks about. That's the the um, uh, perpetual calendar, four pages per month of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and uh, spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. Chapter 3 through 11, these are extensive, comprehensive chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. They have incredible detail on each of those categories and how you succeed, what plants are best, how to grow them, how to how to solve their problems, etc. 840 photos, 344 pages. It's a hardback, high-quality paper printed in Texas. I sign every copy. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. It's not in stores. It's not on Amazon. You can call my office, business hours, Monday through Friday, 800 800- 752-GROW, 800-752-4769, or the better way is to order it right now from my website, neilsperry.com. I'll be signing books tomorrow night, and I'd love to sign one for you. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, only thirty-two ninety-five. That's a special sale price. Grab it while I still have copies available at that price. I'm clearing out the fifth printing of the book. NeilSperry.com. That's uh, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. More after these messages. All right, thank you very much, Kelly. And let me take a look at my clock here. Let's uh, quickly go to Stephen in San Angelo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Oh, good good morning, Neil. Uh, I just kind of wanted to thank you for mentioning uh, Tom Green County AgriLife Extension Office and their horticulturalist during a call last Saturday. You bet. And They're great. I'm with the I'm with the county for about 30 years, currently serving as the county judge. And, you know, there's only been two of them for the last 40 years, you know, John Begnaud and now Allison Watkins. And they, they are great people and make our county look good. And I appreciate you directing people to them and having good things to say about them. John, uh, they're both wonderful people. And John Begnaud is a longtime for 40-year friend of mine. His daughter, Jenny, is a very close friend here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She's on 
the uh, board of our Craig Myrtle Trails of McKinney. I, I see her and talk to her almost weekly. The family is just, and, and John was on the school board in Wall, and my wife is, is still on the school board in McKinney, and so they saw each other at the state conventions all the time. We go back a long ways. You can see why I think a lot of, of that, uh, of that uh, office. Thank you for your support well, of them as well. Thank you. They're great force multipliers, and they make the county look good. And it's uh, there's a lot of things we do that are not that are pleasurable that the the county functions, but they certainly are are one of the the brighter spots. So I and you know what, Allison, Allison uh, is wonderful. Shout out to well, I, I'm I'm so glad oh, you yeah. called. Allison is wonderful, and John just folded in right behind her to help her. And that's neat to see, too. So measure of the people. So thank you for the call. That's great to hear. Have a wonderful day. Get some rain, okay? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, we got a little. We at least got to start. Thank you. I saw that last night. I was looking. I saw it come through. So, Well, you take care. Folks, i gotta got to tell you about my website quickly because that's where you can buy my book, and that's where you sign up for eGardens, and that's where you can see my 1,001 Most Asked Questions. So pretty, pretty good uh, place to go. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com, dot com. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings and durable metal roofing. But the name Mueller means so much more. It means you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. It also means you get tons of added value, such as roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge designing and manufacturing new products, such as their greenhouses and standing seam roofing uh, panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553, or you can stop by one of their 33 locations. MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. We go back to our phone lines rather quickly because we have Jennifer in College Station. Jennifer, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. I have two nice live oaks in my front yard, standard suburban front yard, one tree on either side of the walkway, and there's like the mulch area around the tree, but the St. Augustine grass is kind of creeping into it, and I see sometimes some nice trees that have like a large mulch area below the tree and then like some nice edging you know a differentiation between the lawn and the tree and i wondered how do you do that (laughs) okay and so you're talking about out five or ten or whatever feet away from the trunk yeah yeah what i what i do is i'll usually have a bed around my trees all of the trees that i have in my landscape are in landscape beds I don't have any, as it turns out, that are actually in the middle of the yard with nothing around them. And I prefer not to have my shade trees dead center like a bullseye, like an arrow in the middle of a target, uh, because that uh-huh. just looks restless. So I'll, I'll have some kind of an irregularly shaped, maybe uh, bean-shaped, kidney-shaped uh, bed, and uh, the tree will be uh, in kind of like a hole on a golf course that you rarely see the 
the hole of a of a of a on a green right in dead center. So it'll be there, and and then uh, the edging you get uh, the kind of edging that you like, and put it down almost flush with the 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 lawn, so you don't see the the edging, and uh-huh. um, then you use your trimmer to trim right down to the edging all the way around, and it makes a very clean edge. Then you can put your mulch or whatever you want to, or a ground cover if you prefer that look uh, beneath the tree. And it works out okay. well. And if you have a flexible edging, I don't like to use concrete or anything that's mortared in place because I may need to expand the bed as the tree gets bigger. I use uh, an edging I don't see. I don't want to see the edging. I want to see just the simplicity of the, of the, of the bed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of time, but that's what I've done, and it works out really well. Yeah. Thank you for calling so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Dylan Reed, nice job on running this thing. Until next week. Hope you have a great week. Happy gardening.